welcome to Christ the Cornerstone, whether you're here in the building or worshiping with us online. Let's stand together and give praise to the Lord for the hope that he brings us. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul.
Lord, pray for the hope that he gives us. Hallelujah. We worship you today, God. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad he set you free, brothers and sisters? Is he your living hope today? Then let's do as the song just said. Can we say hallelujah, Jesus? I can't hear you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when you think of all the good things that the Lord has done for you, all the battles that he's won throughout our lives, how can we help but not just praise him and worship him and bow down and just say, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me. One more time. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's the highest praise we can give. Right, Rev? Praise God. Let us go to the scriptures, brothers and sisters, to First Peter, chapter 1. I'll start at verse 3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of his Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead into an inheritance that can, listen to this, an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil or fade. It's forever. This inheritance is in heaven, kept for you and me, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And then the writer says, in all this we should greatly rejoice. We should greatly rejoice that that promise has been given to us. Brothers and sisters, we got heaven to look forward to. Amen? That makes me feel real good inside. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see I'm not the only one who's happy about that. Praise God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer, my friends. If you would bow your heads, please, in reverence to our wonderful, almighty God. Father God, as you've told us, we come boldly before your throne of grace, where you said we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. Lord, we're always in need of you. Every second, every minute of the day, we need you in our lives. For you are the great blesser. And we look up to you. We depend on you, the one in whom we live, the one in whom we move, the one in whom, Paul says, we have our very being. We need you, Jesus. Please be amongst us at all times. We want to sense your presence, Lord, where there is fullness of joy. We sense it in this building today, dear God. Oh, Lord, we sensed it last night. It was amazing as your Holy Spirit just enveloped us. I feel it right now, too, dear God. Thank you, oh, Lord, for bringing us through this week, for keeping us safe, oh, Lord, from all hurt, all harm, and all danger. That's why we're here today. Because you have shielded us. You've given your angels charge over us. It is not because of anything we've done, but because of your loving kindness and your tender mercy. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the services today. Imbue us in your Holy Spirit, dear God. We thank you for the wonderful hope that we have in us right now that you've given us. For you are the God of hope. And the writer Paul says that you give us joy and peace through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that hope, dear God. It's essential for us to have the faith that you require of us. Lord, we love you. 
We want to serve you today. We want to worship you today. We want to feel you today in our soul. We ask, dear God, that you will just bless everybody who's here, everyone who's watching on the Internet, who thought it not robbery to come into your divine presence to see what thus saith the Lord. Bless us, dear God. Strengthen us. Order our steps according to your word, your will, and your good pleasure. We want to please you, Lord. Help us to do that. This we humbly ask in the mighty, magnificent name of, what's his name, church? Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. Community Day is coming up on Sunday, September 11th from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. The day will be filled with fun, food, and fellowship. There will be inflatables, carnival games, music, and fun for the entire family. We still urgently need volunteers for this event. Our focus is our community. There are several ways you can sign up. Go to ctcde.church events, scan the barcode on the card at your seat, or let us know on your Connect card. The worship ministry of CTC is having an information meeting after the 11 a.m. service to talk about this year's Christmas show. All ages from both campuses are invited to come and be a part of the cast. If you're interested in being on our crew, there will be information for that as well. If you would like to audition, there will be time after the meeting and then another chance to audition on Wednesday, August 31st. No need to sign up. Just come and find out all about it. Meeting Ground is a faith-based organization that has ministered to the needs of the homeless in Cecil County since 1981. The services they provide include transitional housing, a day program, and emergency shelter. Their goal is to help provide basic needs, connect people to services, and encourage spiritual and emotional well-being. On Saturday, September 24th from noon to 3 p.m., Meeting Ground is hosting an all-you-can-eat crab feast at Mixed Crab House in Elkton. To learn more, you can contact Meeting Ground at 410-620-3128. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. everyone. Hi, it's nice to be back up here. Hi, Pastor Roger, you made it in time. So good morning to everyone in person and online. Thank you for joining us today. If you are new here and you are in person, again, wait, if you are in person and you are new here, I stumbled on my words, welcome. So before you leave, once you leave the sanctuary and go to the left, you will see the Welcome Center where you will receive a free gift, be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff, and again, just have the chance to look around because it is a Welcome Center. 
And for those of you online, you can click the New Here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And now for Connect Cards. So all of you who are in person, we would love for you to fill out the Connect Card with your name so we know that you are here today. And also you could, of course, write a prayer request because we're always praying for you. And don't forget, once you leave, you can put it in the basket. And for those of you online, you can click the Connect Card button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. Thank you, Rebecca. Welcome. Let me add my welcome to everybody and you online. We're great, grateful to have you all here with us today. Just a couple things. Remember in the uh, video that we just watched, uh, Lynn made an appeal for volunteer servers uh, for our community day, which is in two weeks. So take that Connect card. And if you haven't already signed up, just let us know that you're going to be here and you're willing to you're willing to help park cars or you're willing to stand at a table or you're willing to help the kids get through the activities and things like that. We need your we need your help. We need a lot of people. Uh, this is a this is an act of uh, kindness, an act of love, an act of opportunity for our community to gather together and for all of us to be there and to help establish relationships with others in, in our community so that they may experience God's love uh, however, however they can. So we need all the help we can get. So sign up on the, just on the Connect card. Just say, I'll be at the community day. Tell me what to do. And I'll be there to do it. That'd be great. And uh, we're continuing our fast. And there's a little, uh, little uh, thing on the card on the table that if you haven't signed up to, to join our fast, during this season, there's information about that uh, to do that as well. Let's take time this morning to uh, encourage each other in being generous. God is so generous with us, with all of the things uh, that we have, and we have these principles that we follow. And I invite you to read this, uh, principle number five, with me. Let's read this together. We give to and through the local church in support of various needs, many uh, you heard Lynn talk about Meeting Ground Ministry on the, uh, on the announcement video. And that's a ministry to homeless persons in Elkton. And they do a fabulous job. And that's one of the ways that your contributions to us help the problem of homelessness in our area. Uh, let's read this scripture that goes along with that uh, principle. There always will be some in the land who are poor. That is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. Uh, let's continue worshiping God this morning. I invite you to stand if you're in the room as I offer this prayer. And we get back to singing and praising God and listening to God as he speaks to us today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your presence with us. Thank you for your love that you give to all people. Thank you for coming into our lives, sending your Holy Spirit to be with us. You fill us with joy. You fill us with peace. You fill us with confidence. You provide all of our needs. We thank you for all these things. Help us, Lord, step into your presence this morning, whether we're here in this room or whether we're in our homes or driving in our car or maybe some of us are still at the beach, whatever. God, we thank you for being with us and being here today. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God, we thank you for the 
confidence that you give us in who you are and who we are in you. Thank you, Lord. I've tried so hard to see it. It took me so long to believe it. That you choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. You give what we don't deserve, and you take the broken things and raise them to glory. Yeah. Hey. 
seated in heavenly places with him who has never been defeated. The one who has conquered it all. God, we thank you today that you are our champion. We thank you today, Lord, that you take us through every battle in our lives. Whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual. God, we thank you that you fight for us. We thank you for the strength and the power that is in your name. We thank you for the authority that we have in that name. God, we worship you today. Lord, we acknowledge today that there is no one else like you. No one is strong. No one is great. No one is powerful. And we sing and we celebrate you today. You are the one who knows my need before I You tell the storm when it will cease before it starts. The God above who searches deep within my heart. The highest praise
who is able to fight those battles on our behalf. No one else that is able to save us, to heal us, to deliver us, to set us free. No one else. In the book of Isaiah, the question is asked, who among the gods is like you? The answer is, There is nobody. So today, I don't know where you are, here in the room, watching us online, watching us online a month from now or later this week. The battles that we fight are not against flesh and blood. So the weapons that we need are unlike any other. The weapons that He gives us to fight with You know, God does fight on our behalf, but He gives us the opportunity. We talked about, Pastor talked about a few weeks ago about the armor of God. And every piece of the armor is defensive except one. And what is that? The Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. And if we lay that down, we might as well take off the rest of the armor. Because God has given us His Word to fight with. So God, today, move in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit would be here with us. So that as we hear your word in a moment, that our hearts would be open to you. Lord, that as April and her team minister to our children this morning, God, that you would move through them, that you would flow through the teachers, that you would speak to our children this morning. Teach them, let them learn of you. God, we ask for your anointing in every place in this building today. That everything that happens, that people would be drawn to you. We thank you, God, for that. We bless your name. It's in that name we pray. Everybody said, Amen and Amen. Can we just give God praise this morning? However you want to, clap, say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping. You may be seated. You may be seated.
someday I'm going to come out here dancing. Really am. That is good music. I enjoy it. Anyway, good morning again. And uh, as we as we continue our series called "Saved People Serve People," we're we're responding as the, as the introduction said, responding to to having been filled with the Holy Spirit in this. So in our series so far. We begin, our, our key verse throughout the whole series comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, in which Jesus says to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power to do what? Power to live my life? Power to do what I want? Power to build a building? Power to do what? No. Power to follow what Jesus is instructing us to do, to be His witnesses. Some of us witnessed an accident out in front of the church at the intersection right here this morning. About 7.45, there was a serious accident. Let's pause and pray for those people. Let's take the power of Jesus and ask Him to be with those people who were in that accident. Dear Heavenly Father, right here, not far from our space where we are gathered today, earlier this morning was an accident. We ask you to bring healing to the people. We ask you to bring comfort. We ask you to bring wisdom. We ask you to bring providence. We ask you to bring justice to those who are involved in that accident. In the powerful name of Jesus, we ask this. Jesus said to us, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you will be my witnesses, just like we, some of us witnessed that accident. We know what happened. We saw what happened. When we experience Jesus, we experience Jesus. <laughs> and we become first-hand witnesses to what He does in our lives. And you are His witnesses. And He sends us the Holy Spirit to be His witnesses right where we are. Which was when, when He said this, He was in Jerusalem. But throughout Judea... In the region, we could say right here in Bear, right here in Newcastle County, and to the entire state of Delaware, and to all the ends of the earth. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this is a, this is a fulfillment of, of the instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples when he, when he said to them in the book of Matthew, chapter eight, verses, uh, chapter twenty-eight, verses twenty through nineteen through twenty, it says Jesus came and told his disciples, "All authority in heaven has been given to me, and that gives me the authority to say to you, go. Go, therefore, make disciples, make people who follow me, people who learn, students of Jesus." And I know all of us have been students. All of us are students. God created us to learn. That's part of the human, that's part of the human nature, to be able to learn. If we weren't able to learn, we wouldn't grow up. <laughs> we got some children here. We sent our, our children out. We have a couple children still in the room. They are learning every day. What do they say? That in the first two years of life, somebody, a, a child learns more than he will learn for the rest of his life. Isn't that astounding? We don't have to teach our children to learn. God equipped us to be able to learn. Whew, use what God gave you. 
Some of us need to be reminded of that. <laughs> learn. Learn. So Jesus says, go into all the nations and teach people because God created us to learn. Learn what? Learn God. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new students of mine to obey all the commands that I have given you. And don't forget this. Do not forget this, Jesus says. I am with you always. Not I will be. Not I was. Not I gave you the power back then and it still lingers today. No. Jesus says, I am, present tense, with you. Always, even to the end of the age. So we've been looking this last three weeks ago, we looked at the uh, person of Matthias. And as God is equipping his church, his people, we looked at the life of Matthias as, as being one who one was able. He was trusted and he was willing to take the place of Judas. And God calls all of us to use the gifts that we have for His purposes. So God called Matthias. And he was selected by the body, but also selected by God. Then we looked at the lives of Peter and John, who, who taught us that when God calls us to do something, we must obey God rather than other human beings in the process. Now, what God calls us to do is not going to be contrary to what God teaches us in Scripture. And it's not going to go against what, what is confirmed by the body of Christ. God is calling us to do something, and we have to follow what God is telling us. Peter and John, and we'll hear it again. Peter and John said that we have no option but to do what the Lord tells us to do. And last week, we looked at the life of Barnabas. We're looking in the book of Acts at the people who have been saved and how they are serving. Saved people serve people. And these are three characters that we've been looking at. And in the life of Barnabas, we see him serving through the powerful act of encouragement. None of us likes to work for a boss who never encourages us. Growing up in a household where there is no encouragement is no fun. <laughs> and every child needs encouragement from mom and dad, from brothers and sisters, not discouragement. We need encouragement. So Barnabas taught us that God calls us to serve others by encouraging others. And many times that encouragement is constructive criticism. And it's not always easy to communicate. And it's not always easy to receive. But it's encouragement to go in the way that God wants us to go. Save people. Serve people. We've also been looking at the difference between just looking at ourselves as volunteering to do a task versus somebody who feels called to do a task as God calls us. And so we, we looked a couple of weeks ago at, at a volunteer often looks at simply as community service, whereas someone who feels called to do something sees it as a ministry with greater purpose and that has eternal, eternal impact. Either in the spiritual life of a person or in, in the more temporal life here on earth, that, that it will continue to advance the kingdom of God for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation until Jesus comes again. Our serving today has an eternal impact. 
And therefore, it is an honor and a privilege to serve the calling that God gives to us. Volunteers easily complain about the cost. I've complained. I've got to go volunteer someplace. I've got to take two hours to go do something. And it's easy for volunteers to do. I said I'd do this and I've got to go do it. But when I look at it as a calling, I understand that a commitment and a sacrifice are required in it. So let's flip from just being volunteers to being called. And the, th- the things that we choose to, to volunteer at, we choose to do things that are in line with our calling. And I'll be more successful in doing those things. Volunteers tend to, when they come across relational conflict in the organization or the task that they're calling, that, that, that they've been asked to volunteer in, when there's conflict, they tend to isolate themselves and go someplace else or they get away from the situation. But those in the body of Christ especially, they seek to resolve that conflict because those relationships that we have in the body of Christ are essential to the witness that the body has in the world. And we will work together to resolve conflict between one another. (laughs) That is such a hard thing to do. Especially in our families. All right, we'll leave that for another sermon. Today we get to a new thing on our our chart. What's the difference between volunteers and those who are called to serve? And volunteers often are asked to do something that requires little or no preparation. But when we're called to do something, part of that calling might be to prepare, perhaps for hours before you actually get to the place of serving. You expect me, before I get up here, to prepare something to share with you. You expect me to spend time in study, to spend time in prayer. And you say, well, he's only doing that because he's paid to do it. If I was only doing this for the money, talk to our elders to see how much money. I know that there are very wealthy pastors out there. <laughs> but we have to be called to do this. If I was a lay person, if I wasn't called to be a pastor, I would not want to be part of a church where the pastor was not absolutely convinced that what he or she is doing is fulfilling God's call on his or her life. I want to follow people who are following the call of God on their life, whether they're in a position of leadership or authority or whether they're the person uh, who is underneath that authority. In other words, I want you, whatever you choose to do for the service of God in this church, I want you to do it as a calling. And if God doesn't call you to do something, I don't want you to do it. And I've asked people in the church to do many things, and I've been told no many times. I don't like asking people to do things and hearing the word no. Nobody on staff likes to hear the word no. But this church doesn't work. It will not work if, we expect, if, if, if the people of the church sit back and expect the staff to do the work. And we talk about this in our staff meetings. It is our job as staff to ask the people of the church to do ministry. Because that's what, you know, in the old traditional churches, 
there's this word, liturgy. And it's a Latin word. And it's related to a, to a well, this is, this is. <laughs> the word liturgy literally means the work of the people. And so when people come to come to worship, and, 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 I, and I'm sad that our, in our traditions we get so wrapped up in the traditions that we forget what it's about. It's, it's, it's about the people coming together to, to do their work, to tell God how great He is, to do their work, to lift up the name of Jesus, to do their work, to sing praises together to Jesus, to do their work, to greet one another with, with, with smiles and with love and with compassion, to do their work, to go out and to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the liturgy of the church. And we've gotten stuck in, in thinking that we're in our consumeristic society. My, my work to, is to come and take in what Jesus gives for me. No, you're here to work. You're here to do the work of God. The Bible tells us to worship God every day through what we do. It's our work. That we do. We have to be following the call of God because God saved us for a purpose in order to serve others. Let's turn to the book of Acts. And finally, let's, let's read. We're going to read a, read a large passage of Scripture today. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go even beyond what I've told the, 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 the Pastor Bill and those who set up the computer slides. I'm going to go longer than, than what uh, uh, verse 31. We're going to look at Acts chapter 5. And, and I'm basically just going to read this. But when I'm finished, with, when I'm finished with, with hearing this Scripture, I'm going to invite us to do something this morning that, that I don't know that I've ever asked us to do, uh, certainly not recently. And we always, we always have oil at our prayer stations. And we're, we are frequently anointing people with oil in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But this morning I'm going to invite you to come forward and you can come down each of the three aisles that are here. There are going to be people standing in front of each of the staircases on the platform. And I'm inviting you simply to come forward for, for somebody. We'll, we'll greet you there. And we'll make the sign of the cross with some oil. Olive oil. It's not scented. <laughs> it's just plain olive oil. But we will be praying for God to be working in your life that the Holy Spirit may come upon you. Because... God's people cannot do the work of God without the Holy Spirit. Remember Jesus saying to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses in Judea, in Jerusalem, Samaria, and throughout the ends of the earth. And this fulfills his command for, to go into all the nations and make disciples. You are the disciple makers of the body of Christ. So at the end of the service, and, and maybe you have a special need, maybe you have a healing that you need to ask for healing. And then after you receive the anointing, you can of oil, you can kneel here at the platform or you can go back to one of the prayer stations where where you can meet with somebody and they can pray specifically for you to receive that healing. I'm going to invite you to do that. But let's let's listen to the word of God this morning for the book of Acts, chapter five, starting with verse 12. And I want I want to tell you. Uh, we're going to kind of walk through this, and I'm watching the clock. We're going to walk through this, and I want to tell you that at the first part of chapter 5 uh, is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira lied to God. And when they were caught in their lie, they were struck dead. 
Ananias, the husband first, he came and he told Peter a lie. And Peter confronted him on the lie and God struck him dead immediately. The men carried his body out and buried it. Then after that happened, Ananias' wife came in. Peter asked him the same question. Did you do this? She said, yes, we did. He said, that's a lie. And the men who carried your husband out are going to carry you out too. Boom. (laughs) And we're going to pick up the story right after that. So let's look at chapter 12. Now that I've got your attention. I'm not chapter 12. Verse 12 of chapter 5. And so it says, the apostles were performing many miraculous signs. And if you didn't think that was a miraculous sign, here comes another one. And wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. It's a beautiful part of the temple. A great big long wall with columns all, all along it. Beautiful, white, marble. And all the, all the believers were gathering there daily. How many? It wasn't just the twelve, because we read last week that there were more than 5,000 believers in the city of Jerusalem by this time. It's a large crowd. Imagine 5,000 brothers and sisters in Christ all agreeing together what happened. Gathering at, at Triangle Park down in, I, think, I don't know if that's what you call it, in Wilmington. I'm thinking Lexington, Kentucky. They have a little triangle similar to what Wilmington has, and it's called Triangle Park. But you probably know where I'm talking about. Imagine 5,000 brothers and sisters gathering together in the middle of Wilmington, praising God, performing miracles. And let's see what else is happening But verse 13 says, but no one else dared join them. Why? Because of what happened to Ananias and Sapphira? Because of the power of God that is being manifest through the people of God? Because they're simply being obedient to God? They are being filled with the Holy Spirit and they're they're healing people in the powerful name of Jesus No one else dared to join them. Look at the contrast in here. There's conflict happening. There are people, it it just seems as if, as as I continue to read, you'll see this contrast. there, There are people who are drawn to the temple, but they're afraid of the power of God. But yet they still believe in it, and they experience the power of God, and they keep coming to it, but they don't dare to go to it. You ever been in that kind of experience? I have. Let's keep reading. It says, but no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. And here's another contrast. Yet, more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. And as a result, the apostles, as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats, so that even Peter's shadow might just fall across some of them as he passed by. I got a shadow over here. I got a shadow back there because we got so many lights. And 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 imagine the, the the one son, and Peter walks by this lame person here. His shadow falls on them, and because of the power of God, he is healed. Power of Jesus. This is the witness. People saw this just like some of us saw the accident. Do you believe that there was an accident, or did I make it up? And why do you believe me and you don't believe this? 
Well, there weren't so many thousands of years between you and, and that accident, Pastor Roger. You're not making it up. Why would I make up an accident? Why would they make this up? Such phenomenal stories. They make it up. They didn't make it up. They say it because it happened and it's true. And as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought. Verse 16 says, Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits. And they were all healed. Now, we keep reading. It says the high priest and his officials who were Sadducees, they were filled with jealousy. These were the leaders of the, of the t- temple. Not just the temple, but all of, Ju- all of Judaism. And they arrested the apostles, put them in a public jail. But God sent an angel. God sent a messenger. A messenger of the Lord came at night. He opened the gates of the jail. Peter, get up. James, get up. Matthias, get up. John, get up. I don't have a key, but be open. And they brought them out. And then the messenger of God told them, you go into the temple and give the people this message of life. Don't stop telling others. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told to do. And immediately they began teaching again. And when the high priests and his officials arrived, they convened the high council. They met in their, in their congress. Then <laughs> they sent for the apostles to be brought out of the jail. But the temple guards went to the jail and they saw the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported. They said the jail was securely locked. But when the guards standing outside opened the gate, no one was there. How did that happen? So the temple, the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this. They were perplexed, wondering where, where it all would end. The goal was to stop this nonsense of Jesus. And then someone arriving arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple. They're teaching the people again. (laughs) Captain went to his temple guards and arrested the apostles again. There was no violence. Why? Not because the apostles didn't resist, but because they didn't invoke any violence because they didn't want to cause a riot. Then they brought the apostles before the high council where the high priests confronted them. We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. Instead, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching about him. And you went, you want to make us responsible for his death. We had nothing to do it. Peter replied, we must obey God rather than human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on the cross. Peter's not backing down and neither should we. And I'm not saying that we Christians need to be violent. I'm not saying that we need to be forceful. We need to be loving. We need to be clear. We need to be trusting God's Word and what we say. And then God put him in the place... Peter says God put Jesus in the place of honor at His right hand as Prince and Savior. And I can't help but think that these, these Jewish leaders, these high Jewish priests, when they hear these terms, Prince and Savior, this word Savior is the word Messiah. The Chosen One 
sent from God. The word prince refers to the ancestor of King David and King Solomon, the leaders of God's people. And he did this so the people of Israel would turn around, they would repent from their sins, they would be forgiven. And Peter says, we're witnesses of those things. So is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey Him. And when the high council heard this, they, they became even more furious. They decided to kill all the disciples, all the apostles, but one member named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law, respected by all the people, stood up and ordered that the men be sent out from the council for a while. In other words... Get these these apostles of Jesus out of here. We need to have a serious conversation among ourselves. It's a closed meeting. And he says to the men of Israel, take care, be careful what you're planning to do to these men. Remember that sometime years ago, there was a fellow named Thutius who pretended to be someone great. And he got about 400 people to follow him, but he was killed and all the followers disappeared. And the whole movement came to nothing. And after that, there was a man, at the time of the census, there was a man named Judas of Galilee, and he got people to follow him too. But he was also killed. And his followers were scattered. My advice is leave these men alone. Let them go. If they are planning and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. And you may even find yourselves fighting against God. Brothers and sisters, that is a futile affair. (laughs) Fighting against God. You will not win against God. So they convened and they thought about what Gamaliel had said. They accepted his advice and they called the apostles back. They had them whipped. They had them flogged. And they said, never speak the name of Jesus again. And they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing (laughs) as they stumbled away from their flogging. They rejoiced that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace in the name of Jesus. Serving Jesus is a calling that threatens disgrace of those who follow Jesus. We have to be ready and prepared to deal with that. Brothers and sisters, fellow Americans who take for granted our freedom to worship, as the Lord leads us to worship. Following Christ may not always be a freedom that we can enjoy, but we must follow Jesus Christ. Every day in the temple, they met. And in the temple, and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach the message, Jesus is the Messiah. Those We're not looking at just one character today of someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit and how did they serve. We're looking at God calling the people of God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That the people, the body of Christ, united together because of their faith in Jesus Christ, are one body, Jesus Christ. But we're still all individual. My skin does not get united with your skin. (laughs) We're one in our faith in Christ. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm inviting us this morning to come to to 
just stand here, and I'll, I'll be here with someone, Pastor Vaughn, and uh, uh, has arranged for people to, to meet you here. And we're just going if to, you, if you will receive it, I'm not forcing anybody to do this, but if you will receive it, come and stand in, 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 in line, and we'll, we'll anoint your forehead with oil and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in everything that you do. If you need prayer for healing or anything like that, maybe prayer for guidance, maybe prayer for restoring a relationship. You know, this world needs miracles, don't we? Do we need a miracle? We need God's power in this world. And who and how is that power going to get 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 shared through this world? Yes, God could snap his finger and, and, and make everything perfect, but God chooses to call those who are faithful to serve him. How is God calling you? How is God calling you to serve him? Let me ask the those who are going to anoint to come into their come to their places. And uh, let me ask you to stand. If you're online, I can't anoint you with oil through the Internet or through the cameras. But maybe you're with somebody in, in your home and you have some oil in the kitchen. Go and get the oil. And uh, maybe you can pray for each other in your home. Or if you're by yourself, just anoint your forehead with oil. and know. Or maybe you can post a request for prayer on, on the, the group that you're online with. And uh, let's share this anointing moment. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You. Lord, all I've done this morning is really read Scripture. But it is Your Word. And we trust it this morning. We trust, God, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will receive power to be witnesses, first-hand witnesses of who You are and what You're doing and what You desire to do. Lord, we who have faith in you are your servants who are asking you to come, empower us, so that, God, we may go out, we may continue to worship you in the temple, but not only in the temple, from house to house, to house to house, to house to house. Thank you, Jesus, that you're with us. So, Holy Spirit, come upon us now. In the name of Jesus, change our hearts. Change our minds, change our behaviors, change our relationships, change our bodies. Have your way in my life, Jesus. Have your way in our world. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
have tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your
thank you for that verse that we read at the beginning of the message today that we read every week of this series. The Holy Spirit will come on you. You will be my witnesses. Lord, we are here to serve you and we are here to serve others. Call us to do that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. We're going to continue to spend some time in worship up here. There's still folks available to pray with you. There are folks at the prayer station if you still want someone to pray with you. God bless you. Thank you for being here together.